to Freshly Forever, a podcast that gives you fascinating insights week after week. Here's your host, Vai Kumar. Hey folks, welcome to another episode on Freshly Forever. Today I have the pleasure of having here with us Sebastian and Melanie Flores. Sebastian is uh, a 15-year-old and he's an entrepreneur and Melanie Flores is his mom. Melanie Flores leverages an engineer's mind, a teacher's heart, and approaches everything and everyone with an eye for not just how they are today, but what they could become tomorrow. She loves seeing brilliant ideas emerge from children and highly encourages them. Melanie's technical background and her human connection emphasis helped her in creating things from scratch and few of her accomplishments include opening Corning's Optical Fiber Factory in North Carolina, founded a kindergarten egg design workshop based on a famous MIT course, and her work has been featured by several entities, including TEDx Jacksonville and National Association of Independent Schools, to name a few. And her son, Sebastian Flores, is a 15-year-old high school freshman and founder of OctoGifts, a company offering playful DIY cards and keepsakes. So these do-it-yourself kits are amazing, and his passion for origami uh, was immense as a child, and his math and interest with machines helped him in his pursuit and creations. He has been recognized on Atlanta Inno's 25 Under 25 list, and at Elementary StemCon 2020, again, to name a few. Welcome, Sebastian and Melanie, to the show. Yes, really appreciate you inviting us to come. Hey, Sebastian. Hey. You are the founder of OctoGifts, Sebastian. And why don't you start by telling us how you came up with that name? Oh, well, originally I opened the Etsy shop to sell prints of, like, stamps I had made. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, I would say it's to try and tie it into something to do with like creativity and ink, but really it's just the domain name was available. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but you do like octopus, the octopus. Yeah. yeah I just <laughs> thought may I just thought maybe it was something, you know, related to that. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. So what is this company about and when did you uh, start it? I started it in January of 2019. Uh-huh. And it's about bringing people together over, like, the experience of making something together. So okay. we sell these DIY kits that you, you have all the parts you need, and then you just open a YouTube video, and it shows you how to put together a paper candy machine that actually works. Okay. Um, so, Melanie, as a child, how did... Sebastian get interested in, say, paper crafts or origami? Well, it, it actually started out as just a portable and convenient way to keep um, both our boys engaged. Sebastian has an older brother named TJ, and when they were both little, um, we would travel quite a bit. And I was always looking for something portable that I could bring with us on the plane or on a train uh-huh. that didn't take a lot of parts and it was easy. So what could be easier than origami paper and some books so they would bring that and um it started up as that but they enjoyed it and then it just kind of grew from there and um Sebastian also spent a lot of time 
waiting while his older brother was in swim lessons or karate or something. And when Sebastian was still too young to participate in those, he and I would spend a lot of time just waiting. So origami became this thing also that we would bring to that so that he'd have something to do um, while we were waiting for his brother. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Um, Yeah, fair enough. I think, you know, like uh, what started as uh, something to keep him engaged, you know, definitely has borne fruit. So that's that's excellent right there. And so how did your passion for technology influence anything that your children did at home? And what about your husband? Does he share a similar background? Well, we're both actually engineers by training. And uh, I've loved puzzles my whole life. And really, engineers are just people who get paid to solve puzzles for a living, except it's in a business context. Uh-huh. You're always trying to find, as an engineer, you're trying to find ways to make things faster, or safer while keeping costs down. And that's basically like a puzzle. So uh, that mindset, we both have that. And we also, you know, I know I definitely get a kick out of um, using as much, uh, getting as much out of a resource as possible, using them creatively to keep costs down. So in essence, whenever I saw the, um, our kids using, repurposing things around the house for something else, one, that's great because I didn't have to spend any money on toys. And two, that uh-huh. also meant they were exercising like the, the same kind of muscles that engineers do in their brains about how can I use this for something else and keep costs down. Oh, yes. Um, I think that makes total sense. Uh, so, Sebastian, what made you create your first card? I believe there's a story to share there. Uh, okay. So when I was 11... One of my friends would always come over to our house, and he loved candy. But, of course, he didn't have any at his house. Uh-huh. So whenever he came over, he'd find some excuse to, like, get water or go in the kitchen so he could reach his hand in the candy jar. So for his birthday, I decided I wanted to make him a candy dispenser that he could have uh, just at home. But I didn't find anything online about how to do that, so I decided I would have to do it myself. Uh huh. So I went in the recycling, and I found an old candy box and a paper towel roll and a water bottle and one of those sheet protectors, like the plastic screens. Uh-huh. And I spent about two hours just sitting on our kitchen floor and cutting and gluing. And then until I had the first Octavius. Oh, uh, that's excellent. And how did your friend react when he realized that was what he got for his birthday? He loved it. I'm sure when it comes from a close buddy, I, it has more significance and it makes uh, more sense that uh, it's a personal gift rather than something that was store-bought. So did you continue doing these further to that one incident or need that you had? I didn't really make any more. It was just like a one-time thing then. But then I kind of thought back. It was like always in the back of my head. And then when I wanted to, when I had started the business, uh-huh. like I said, to sell art that no one bought. So I already had the Etsy shop. And I wanted to make money, so uh-huh. I thought, what if I remade that gift, but just like remastered okay. and pulled them in my Etsy store? Okay. So, Mom, when did this thought of him potentially transforming his art into a bigger entity cross your mind? Say, when did you realize that he had this potential? Well, I realized the potential once uh-huh. complete strangers started buying his work. That's when I realized, okay, he, he might have something here. Okay. And was that like, you know, like in the local area or was that already online? How was it? Even the small scale thing that he did, uh, was that pretty much like, say, just how you would sell in the local community? Was that how it was? Um, well, 
his first sale to a stranger was actually online. And then a few months after that, we did the Decatur Maker Market at the Decatur Arts Festival. And he brought dozens of, of his mm-hmm. Octo gifts. And we had, you know, every single sale there was to someone who didn't know oh. us. I don't know how many he sold, like two dozen or something. He's, he sold quite a few there. So between the sales, the sales he got online um, for Valentine's Day and then the sales at Decatur where these were just people who they weren't buying it out of guilt or because they were our friends. They they didn't know them and they still bought. That's those two things together um, encouraged us that there was uh, that there was something there. Uh, was that when you created more of your cards, Sebastian, like the few years after your friend got his uh, birthday gift? And uh, whatever mom mentioned now, uh, the Decatur Arts Festival or the Valentine's thing online, was that when you created more of your cards? Uh, yeah. Okay. And by then, was the company formed or it was still like you were just as a one-off thing selling some stuff online through your Etsy shop? It was, yes, by then it was an established company. Okay. How did it feel when you sold out all those cards online during that Valentine's? It was exciting. Yeah, to uh-huh. see total strangers buying something I had made. Mm-hmm. So from how you felt when nobody bought anything out of the Etsy shop to everything getting sold out, I think, you know, that must have been a really triumphant moment, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, really, I had the Etsy shop. I hadn't, I hadn't posted anything on it in months because obviously no one was buying, but I still had the shop. So it was really, it felt like new life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and Cynthia bought. He had one customer. It was his his godmother and my sister. <laughs> No, I think he's just trying to be very modest there. And, uh, you know, like he said, new life, that's that's a great way to put it, you know, very succinctly. So that's nice. Whose idea was it to start a company? Did you do this all on your own? And are your designs and products patented? Uh, It was, yeah, it was my idea. I needed a way to make money so I could buy a new drum kit for myself. Uh huh. The drum kit prompted you to, you know, start um, make more of your creations and transform it into your company. Is that correct? Um, Okay. And what about the patent on your products? You know, is it all like, you know, you have like, your patents and licensing like uh or is it like anything that's that's still in the works well the patents are still not they haven't gone they're in the patent office but they haven't been approved yet that could take anywhere from one to five years so okay so you you already are in that process Mm -hmm. that's wonderful so melanie what kind of a customer base do you think he has built over the uh, past few years well, yesterday he actually sold his 300th unit, so that was exciting. Uh-huh. Um, he's got customers in 23 states from coast to coast. Uh, we have customers all the way from Georgia, Florida, Massachusetts, all the way to California. And our customers are predominantly female. They're about 80% female. Oh, that's that's an interesting statistic. And how does it feel, Sebastian, when you know that Okay, you have penetrated the market and you have reached a customer in a new state. Uh, it's exciting. Feels like growth. Oh, obviously. But do you then start thinking like, oh, I should offer this customer some kind of incentive to kind of propagate the message in the new state? Or does something else come to your mind? Sometimes we'll throw in a little extra candy or something in the box. <laughs> okay. okay. I think your passion for candy definitely has 
come uh, handy in your growth and uh, that's that's just very exciting and what support do you guys as parents you know what do you uh, offer melanie so my husband trinidad he's um he provides the financial support for the business and i provide the boots on the ground support uh, uh-huh. so um, that's how we kind of split up the you know the responsibilities i'm sure you know like both of those you know like kind of have to go hand in hand and you know like i'm sure sebastian appreciates you know having you in his corner uh, with all the support and uh, of course uh, the financial support from dad and what made you come up with the thought of um the diy kits you know initially i know you were making stuff and sending it to people correct and then how did you think okay you wanted to transition to do it yourself kits and are those like team based how are they well it was hard to sell someone something that was pre-made that they just give to someone but it was easier to sell the experience of building it with that person so that's the diy kits and another big part of that is the diy kits take a lot less time uh, for us to put together mm-hmm. and absolutely we, i can understand yeah we do sell them um like we had a holiday kit and we have valentines day kits and for we have one that we sell year round and then the rest of them rotate throughout the holidays do you just uh, also focus on you know say other themes like halloween and uh mm-hmm. stuff or is it something in the works you know something you are planning for okay future seasons that you will come up with more and more theme based kits yeah excellent and you said your products have reached 23 states and what is your major goal for next year in taking your business forward i want to get it licensed so that we don't have to be the ones making them anymore <laughs> <laughs> yes we would like to find a licensing partner you know we need a, we need a partner who can help us scale within in terms of manufacturing and order fulfillment so that's our goal for 2021 is finding a partner are you kind of still uh, looking to keep that local or are you open to external sources also like out of town and what not so anyone that listens to the show here can approach you <laughs> yes yeah yeah it doesn't have to be a, a a local the partner doesn't have to be local i just threw it in there just so whoever hears it you know like they are going to contact you and sebastian with uh, i'm sure their offer so what kind of a student is he you know doing all this you know like i'm sure there's like the side of balance and with school that you need to achieve what kind of a student is he and what's his forte you think oh, sebastian he, he's pretty well rounded i mean he loves and he excels at stem but he also enjoys writing as well so um he has you know he 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 has a lot of different talents and so he's um i would say stem is probably what he's the most passionate about okay and no wonder all that science and technology that mom and dad uh, bring to the table i think you know that's in the dna as such <laughs> so uh, uh, i'm i'm totally you know like i can understand where all that comes from so how do you think you know his passion for stem how does he use that to his advantage in his business he's definitely able to come up with new ideas and and mm-hmm. creative ways of solving problems um and he's very comfortable with technology so he's used he's used those to help us advance i think like there was there have been things even just with production that we run into and he thought and he's thought of things on the fly like, oh wait a minute i could try this and he 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 would change something in the software that we're using and it would 
it would address the problem we had. So um, that's been useful. He's not he's not intimidated at all by by technology. Yeah, that's fantastic. I think youth and technology these days, you know, they go hand in hand, uh, so to speak. And I'm sure, you know, Sebastian, you're no exception, given that, you know, you're so passionate about STEM. Why don't you tell us here about your participation in any uh, science fairs or STEM meets and conferences and recognitions that you have received? 2018, I participated in the Forsyth County STEM not STEM, the Forsyth County Technology Fair uh-huh. and the graphic design category. And then I ended up winning first at that, so I uh, competed in the state competition there too. And then I was also involved in robotics in middle school. I went to the state competition last mm-hmm. year for that too. Okay, fantastic. I think definitely, you know, mom said you're well-rounded and uh, I certainly can uh, relate to that now, you know, with you doing so much. You mentioned graphic design. That's something I'm sure is coming in very handy with your business as well. And uh, hats off to you for for all the good work that you're doing. And what is your most valuable experience doing what you have done, Sebastian? I think the most valuable experience has been working with deadlines and just knowing just knowing when uh, I have to do something and have uh-huh. it done on time. Oh, it's almost like, you know, uh, you hit the nail right on the head there, you know, like deadlines are like heavily um, weighing on anyone's mind whenever any project is in consideration. And I think, you know, as uh, at such a young age, you saying that's the most important thing is is so significant. And I'm so happy hearing you say that. And mom, as parents, what is one moment that you think, brought the most joy in you regarding Sebastian? I'd say one of the moments that's most, that sticks out in my mind the most with him was when he was eight, um, his older brother, so TJ, TJ was an avid swimmer. He still is. And um, he was trying to qualify for New England swim championships. And he Uh missed it by, I don't know, a hair, probably a couple hundredths of a Maybe like a, by a couple hundredths of a second, he he missed the cut. And so he was so dejected. And on his own, Sebastian just created this trophy for him out of a water bottle. He cut up a water. Oh. He went in the recycling bin. He cut up a water bottle. He found some cardboard boxes and he cut them all out and, and he fashioned them together to make something that looked like a two-handled trophy. And it was a water bottle. And then he made a plaque. And he and he typed up the inscription himself, and it said, "You." He says, "You're always a star in my heart. Keep on swimming." And he just made this for his brother. Like I didn't ask him to do it; he just did it because he saw how how sad his brother was. And so when he gave it to TJ, it meant a lot to him. But it it meant even more to to me when I saw that because I thought, "Oh my gosh! Like this is um this is Sebastian just being his creative, resourceful self." but he's also expressing love. And, and this thing is actually, it's an embodiment of the affection between the two boys. So I, I, I remember tearing up when I saw that. I took a picture of it and I just treasure the picture and I still, we still have the trophy too. So that's something that um, just, I just remember that. That's, that's what um, I think embodies him. 
Oh, I'm sure that was like an aha moment as a parent, you know, like, oh, I've I've done my part <laughs> right, you know, in raising this child, right, you know, and oh, uh, that is just the cutest thing that I've heard today. And uh, Sebastian, you know, like I I can imagine how your brother must have felt uh, seeing that show of uh, love and that gesture that you demonstrated. in a moment with our guest on Fresh Leave Forever. So what challenges did you face along the way, uh, Sebastian? How did you cope up with those? I'm sure any project has its own share of, uh, you know, the challenges. And so what was it that you faced and how have you succeeded in them? I'd say getting the patents, getting everything in the right places before we could sell the kits because we wanted to make sure everything was protected before we actually made kits to sell. So that was a big part. And then also making sure, just going through testing and making sure that the instructions I was making and the pieces we had, anyone could follow them and know what to do. How much uh, time does all of your work for the company take up? And I know you have to do school because you're a freshman in high school and high school is so challenging. So how much of your routine is spent on your company versus what you do for school? Actually, not that much time. When we have a new project, like when there's a holiday coming up, there's a lot because you have to make instruction video and you have to make packaging and come up with a process to get every all the orders filled but then other than that it's just an order comes in we fill it and we ship it so it's not actually that much okay so when you say you make the instructional videos and everything obviously for every single diy kit then i assume you would also have like a prototype that you make and Mm -hmm. Uh, is that how you go about the process? Yes, I'll spend some time in Adobe Illustrator just drawing pieces and then I'll cut them out on our machines and try and figure out how to put them together so I can have a finished product. And sometimes I have to change those pieces because sometimes yeah, they're, they're the wrong size or they don't work mm-hmm. or they're just com- too complicated. Okay. Oh, right there. That's a challenge that you face and you know you figure it out and you have to overcome. That's wonderful. And are you into any other activity besides... All of this that's going on into any sports or any such. I know mom said, uh, TJ, your brother is a swimmer. I'm also a swimmer. Okay. So between sports, school, and the company, I think that's that's a handful that you have. And uh, so how do you balance it all? Well, I have schoolwork. In school, they actually, they give us these free periods that we call tutorials. And I get a lot of my homework. Anything that I don't do in class, I get done there. But also... I think the way our school is set up right now is really, it's structured well because we have block periods. So it's really long classes. So they always, most of my teachers actually give me time to finish work in class. So I don't have that much to do outside of that. And then I have practice every day after mm-hmm. school. And then a couple hours if I need to get anything done in between. Okay. And then you kind of attend to Octo gifts, And so that mm-hmm. is, so it's almost like a third of your time is spent on you know, each activity seems like. And so if there's one benefit your creations have offered society, what would you like to say that is? I'd like to think that in the pandemic, it's brought people who otherwise would have been uh, separate or like 
socially distant together because we've sold these as kits that you can do together. Like I buy a kit and then someone on the other side of the country buys a kit and you put it together over Zoom. So it's like something you can do together, but still be separate. Oh, how nice. And uh, so it's a nice socially distant activity, but then, you know, there's camaraderie and there's, uh, you know, the the joy of doing it together. That's excellent. How do you plan to uh, take all this forward in terms of your sales? You know, like, do you just plan to just keep it as an online business or, you know, like how, how do you think, you know, everything would evolve in the in the days to come? We're definitely going to stay online. I'd hope that we can get a larger company that we can license this out to someone with more resources so they can produce more and hope to increase our sales. Okay, fantastic. What is it that you think are your uh, areas that you can focus on as improvement aspects and any other hiccups, you know, anything else that you have faced? Well, the problem right now, one problem we do face right now that I think we definitely improve on is all the parts that we use to assemble kits are cut separately. So sometimes we'll run out of just one piece and then need to cut a whole new batch of just that piece. And then that just throws a wrench in the works. So just a more smooth production setup is definitely something we work on. Okay. Amazing. When I did my research on you, I read up somewhere that you were going to one of your uh, mini sales uh, fairs or whatever and after you got there, you realized you forgot something. So was that an experience, you know, that you think was that, you know, like uh, funny or was it like uh, too stressful? How would you uh, how would you rate that? And what was it? I think the listeners would love to, you know, hear you say that. Well, we were going to a festival that was about an hour away mm-hmm. and to cut these custom stickers to put on the windows of our machines or the, what we were selling, because at this point we were still selling them pre-made and not as DOI kits. So we brought actually a silhouette, which is like this desktop cutting machine hooked up to my laptop so I could design these stickers on the fly for customers. And uh-huh. the one thing that I forgot was the cutting mat that goes in the machine. So there's something mm-hmm. for it to cut the vinyl on. So you put the vinyl on this cutting mat, you feed it in the machine, and then it cuts out your design. And I forgot that. And in the moment, that was super stressful because I thought I wouldn't be able to do anything. Thought I wouldn't be able to use uh-huh. it as an impact for nothing. But looking back, it's kind of it's kind of funny. And if anything, it's taught me not to sell in person because it's too much hassle. It's just way easier to sell online. <laughs> You're more prepared, and you know you can be well-rounded, and you just know for a fact what you have out there, don't you? And uh, Melanie, how can youth? leverage what they learn and translate it to something bigger? I think the key is just to always look for transferability. Anytime you learn about something or you see something, tuck it away in your mind. Like, I wonder if that could be used somewhere else. It could be an object. It could be an idea. It could be a concept. So for an example, origami, did you know like NASA scientists use origami to create equipment that can then be used in outer space? Like they they, have a, they want to take pictures of faraway planets, but one thing that poses a problem is the light from stars. It makes it hard to take a picture. So they actually created uh-huh. this thing called a star shade, which helps block the light from the stars so they can actually get a good quality image. And this thing called this, this star shade is actually the size of a baseball diamond. So you 
in order to fit that into spacecraft, they actually fold it up and they use origami principles. So that's an example of something that children, people of any age actually enjoy origami, but that's an example of of it being used to solve a, a problem in a very different context. So I think mm-hmm. that whenever, whenever um, you learn about something, don't just take it at face value and in the context that it's being in, used in now, just tuck it away and, and always be thinking of a, a way you can transfer something from one field to another. I think that's the way to, to maximize your, your learning and your impact in the world is by finding ways to, to take ideas from one setting into another. Yeah, right there, you know, the application um, of whatever concept you learn becomes important and uh, you sort of tuck it away, you know, like uh, kind of put it in the back burner, but not like a forgotten thing, but just use it when it's time right. That's a great message. And how important do you think is it is for parents to let their child's creativity blossom and how best you think they can ensure it's a conducive environment to let their creativity blossom. I would just say yes to your kids' ideas anytime you can, as much as possible. Um, that's something that I, when I, I remember uh, early on, I used to always say, no, that's going to be messy. My kids would want to do something. Oh, no. All I would think about is, no, we have to leave in 15 minutes. And then we're just gonna uh-huh. No, it's going to be messy. And I remember reading something somewhere. I don't remember where. We just said, say yes. What's the, what, what is the worst that could happen? Just say yes. And so I've tried to take that to heart. And I do that even now. I try to say yes as much as I can now. That's different from when I first started out um, as a parent. Um, just say yes to their ideas as much as possible. Um, even if it flops, they'll learn from the experience and so will you. So now's the time to let them try things while they're still little and the, and things that go wrong don't have this huge ramification in terms of like making the mortgage or Mm -hmm. let them just say yes as as much as you can. Oh, yes. And uh, so it's not about perfection. It's about, you know, letting them be what they want to be and let them be children. That's, that's, I think, you know, the essence of it. As a mother of two boys and uh, seeing the way boys do things and whatever your children have accomplished, do you think technology is ideal for boys and what is your message to girls you know do you think girls can equally you know take it up and not feel any sense of skepticism about it i would say technologies and tool technology and tools are for both boys and girls and my message to girls and their parents is to let girls get their hands dirty and just get them doing things like bike repairs and and habitat for humanity and building sets and get them using tools so that they're not afraid of them later, so that they're not intimidated by tools and by technology. Make it just a natural, normal part of their day. Like, go go pick out some furniture that needs to be built. Buy IKEA furniture and then let your daughter build it so that she, she knows what it's like to hold a drill. She knows what it's like to, to assemble something. Ask her to take the first crack if you're having trouble with something um, we parents tend to, I I tend to do, if I can't, if I've got something going on with my phone, sometimes I'll just say, can you take a look at this? Um, Just start getting your, have your daughter take the lead on, on fixing things around the house and to, and debugging your, your setup at home. If you're, if your AV's acting up, have her look at it first. Oh, I'm sure. I think uh, 
uh, right there, you know, it's a great message to parents that, um, yeah, we need to show them the way and then they can become more confident and uh, start doing things. And uh, I think that's something that you um, advocated for in your TED Talk as well. And uh, that's a great message there. Uh, It's a good reminder. Sebastian, going back to you, how are you dealing with all this attention? And uh, uh, does it make you uh, nervous? Are you super excited that you are all over the news, you know, like you are featured in magazines and, you know, like you're on podcast shows and, you know, like uh, the TV and whatnot? How are you dealing with it all? Uh, I can be kind of nervous doing interviews, speaking. Obviously, I always feel the most nervous before. Like if I'm going to go speak in front of people, it's always the most nerve wracking before. But then once you get started, it's not actually that bad. You know, you start getting into mm-hmm. a rhythm and then just feels a conversation. Absolutely. I think some some other teenager said the same thing. And uh, I think, you know, it's it's very interesting, you know, how one tends to, you know, I think the anticipation of it all, you know, kind of seems like, you know, you're nervous, but actually if you're in the swing of things. I think it really helps. And uh, your confidence grows and that's fantastic. So how do you plan to take this forward? Would you still hinge on your parents being a good part of it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, mom, there you go. So <laughs> be ready. <laughs> and your plans for college, Sebastian, do you know what you want to do yet? Or are you still figuring it out? I want to study mechanical engineering. Hopefully at either MIT or Georgia Tech. Fantastic. And mom, what's the best thing that you think happened to Sebastian during the transition to the virtual world? We have all been driven by what the pandemic has dictated um, all over in 2020 and still into 2021. We are all figuring our way out. Now, the lockdown and social distancing actually helped his business grow and it actually helped him grow because people started looking for new ways to connect with their friends and family. So that actually was a good thing from a business standpoint. The other thing that that, um, the pandemic created that was actually an opportunity for him is um, he and I were invited to speak at at Elementary STEM Con 2020. And um, that was a virtual event. And Mm -hmm. normally that would have been difficult for us to attend if we had to travel, but because it was all just um, remote, we were able to log in. So he was able to to join me and we got exposure to I think 4,000 plus educators from around the world. And that's not something that probably would have happened otherwise. So the, that's something that was a really cool thing that was made possible because of social distancing. Oh, yes. Just as a teenager, how has he handled it all? I know several teenagers find it so hard to, you know, just be in the house and not being able to get out or especially the initial days. How do you think uh, as a person, Sebastian dealt with it all? Uh, he, he handled it in stride. He's he's come up with ways to stay connected with his friends, even during the pandemic. I mean, when it was warmer outside, I know that um, he and his brother would go down and shoot hoops. Sometimes they would go to the local park and shoot hoops together. And then we also have a neighbor who has a basketball hoop in their yard and they would go there. So that that's like an app an activity that you can do and um, and still have a chance of, of being socially distant. So he's done that. Mm-hmm. And he's also 
set up some routines with his friends where they get together regularly to game together. Okay. And Sebastian, what do you think is your message to people like you, other teenagers and uh, uh, youth in general? Um, I would say learn both how to figure things out for yourself and then also how to ask for help. Knowing when someone can do something better than you can is huge. Like if I know that I'm having a problem with this, but there's someone who's gone through the same thing, I'm not, I don't have a problem going and asking them, how can I do this better? What advice do you have for me? So just knowing when to ask for help, I think is a big thing. What do you think your biggest asset has been? My mom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, geez. I didn't pay him to say that. (laughs) (laughs) That's really nice, mom. That's so cute what he said right there. What's your message to parents raising boys on how best they can see their teenagers use their time and for any teenager, see be it boys, be it girls, whomever? Yeah, I'm happy to share. I mean, I think this would apply to whether you have daughters or sons. Um, There's two things. One is boredom is a gift. Don't be afraid to let your kids get bored because when they're bored is when they're the most creative. I mean, Mm -hmm. you know, it is a good thing to have, to take that, you know, let them be bored. I actually, uh, sometimes I wish the cell phone didn't exist. I wish that I wish that they didn't always have their cell phone in their hands and and they would just sit there and be bored because that is when they come up with the best ideas when they're so bored and there's nothing around the house. So they have to figure something out. That's fun. That's when they're the most creative. So Number one, um, boredom is a gift for your kids. And number two, when they do get involved in something, um, I would definitely recommend that they are, you encourage them to create rather than consume as much as possible. Have them creating Mm -hmm. things and not just watching what other people created or playing what other people created. Have them creating things themselves. And even if they're not very good, what they create, it's still something they created and put out in the world. Um, so that would be that would be my advice. Um, also encourage them to be curious. I think curiosity is uh, one of the best qualities that a person can have. Oh, for sure. And Sebastian, how has this digital world uh, impacted your business? Has it helped you, hurt you? You know, what do you think, you know, uh, has been the role of um, all all of this, you know, like digitization of everything and, you know, like digit, say digital marketing and things like that. I think it's helped because a lot of people found out about us through Facebook or through um, new, the news that they get online. And it's also helped because now with everything being on your phone, that means the instructions, we don't have to include paper instructions, which would have been like 20 to 30 pages in each kit. Instead, we just have a QR code and you just scan that with your phone and it pulls up a video that shows you and walks you through how to do it. I guess right there, you know, like you have contributed to the environment also, you know, like by, um, uh, so there's so much, you know, like as much as uh, digital uh, media or rather the social uh, media and the world has uh, has been, you know, like detrimental in a few things, you know, for the most part, it's been positive. And, and right there is a good example, your case. And as a takeaway from this show, Melanie, what would you like for listeners to remember about Sebastian? What is, if you were to point out one quality in him that for someone to emulate or something that really, you know, uh, stands out? 
what would that be? And what would you advise parents to encourage in their children? I would say uh, probably one of his best qualities is his curiosity. He, mm-hmm. he always wants to see what would happen if I tried this. And that question is something we should encourage all children to ask and encourage them to pursue the answer to. So that would be that would be the takeaway. Just encourage curiosity and give them the resources and the time and the space to find the answer to that question. What would happen if I did this? Fantastic. And Sebastian, something that I would like to ask you, what is it that you would like to share or ask of other parents that are listening to this show? Help your kids find their passions and help mm-hmm. them chase those passions. Because what would have happened if when I was younger, my mom said, no, there's too much paper all over the house. I'm not buying you any more origami paper. Mm-hmm. And I had stopped doing it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's an excellent message, Sebastian. And it's uh, I just thoroughly enjoyed being with you and uh, Melanie, you as well. And uh, my very best to you guys for taking Octo Gifts forward in the right direction and uh, Sebastian to you in particular in steering it uh, forward the very best way pa- very best way possible and my best wishes for your business to keep growing. Good luck with school, good luck with your business and good luck in everything that you do. Thanks so much for being on Freshly Forever. Thank, thank you. you. Yeah, thank you for having us. As always, it was a fun and insightful conversation with yet another guest here on Freshly Forever. Before I sign off, folks, let me remind you to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Google, and follow the podcast on Instagram at FreshLeafForever, that's one word, and on Twitter at FreshLeafForever1. The website is www.FreshLeafForever.com. That's one word. Make sure to send me your feedback and keep enjoying the podcast. I will see you back again next week with yet another guest and yet another interesting topic. Until then, it's by saying so long. Mm-hmm.